Welcome back to another episode of Natural Baddies. We have Natural Baddie. And I'm so excited to dive deep into this amazing woman in front of us, Shalise oh, Gallagher. Thank you. thank you. She is a mother. She is a fiance. You're a dance and cheerleader choreographer, yes. a financial advisor. Yes. So you have your own business mm-hmm. and you're about health and positivity and kindness, mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't just come from having the perfect life. It yeah. seems like you've had yeah. to choose to be that person so um yeah let's get into it the first thing that I have to ask (laughs) you so like you exude like this confidence and total like badassery vibe on your page of like this is my page this is who I am this is where I'm at but I know that it always wasn't that case so like how did you come into that yeah definitely and what was the journey like what was it like before oh yeah it was definitely a journey so I grew up dancing and cheering and I feel like when you're on a stage in front of people. And especially when you're doing something you love, like I was always very, very passionate about dancing. And it was something that I loved and I was very confident in. And when you put yourself in that sort of an arena and you're, you know, dancing on stage in front of people and doing things like that, it tends to build confidence. So I had this confidence about me as a teenager and as a child, but I I found out I was pregnant when I was 18. and. Wow. So I just lost that whole world very quickly, right? I mean, I was cheering in college at the time. Were you cheering um, and you were cheering in college? I was, yeah, wow. yeah. So I was Allegic athlete gets <laughs> pregnant at 18. Yeah. Then what happened? Yeah, it was really crazy. And so I, I like lost that thing, right? That had given me so much confidence in my life that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then all the changes that your body goes through And when your body goes through changes like that, your brain goes through changes, right? Mm. And especially at such a young age too, like your brain is just still developing so much. It it totally changes the chemistry of your brain. I mean, that's really what happens, right? Is the chemistry of your brain changes and you've like, you've got this little person relying on you and you realize I know nothing about this. I know nothing about this. And I'm like in this place where I'm feeling unsure of myself. I'm feeling unsure of my body. I'm feeling unsure of what it is that I'm doing with my life, especially when you're 18 and that happens to you. It's like, you know, you've got plans and you've got goals and you have things and ideas of the way that your life is going to go. And then you throw a baby in the mix and it's just like toss up, right? Nothing is like you thought it was going to be ever again for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of fell into this place of like, I'm just a mom. This is it. This is really all that I can do. And I, I I taught dance a little bit here and there. I wasn't, you know, working like crazy hours teaching dance routines. Like my main focus Mm -hmm. and my main purpose in life at that point became being a mom. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is what I am here to do. I need to make sure that this child has the best life possible. And, and that goes back to like, even some of the things that I went through as a child, you know, I've now got this child of my own Mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that my son does not experience a lot of the trauma that I had experienced as a child. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, it's layers deep, right? Were you afraid? Like, were you scared to like repeat cycle or like of not, or like Uh messing them up? Oh, that's yes. That's like one thing that sometimes I think about, I'm like, (laughs) Josh helped me realize this, but he's like, you can't protect them forever. You can only do your best and you're Mm -hmm. not perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary even now. So I can't imagine being that young Mm -hmm. and like 
coming and facing that reality. So mm-hmm. like, what did you yeah. do to like help yourself move through that and no. get better? Yeah, but but really <laughs> though, that that's like exactly what happens. Raised this certain way, you know, your whole life and you have these ideals of of the way that the world works. And I had seen it happen with my father as well, where he was raised a certain way and he had worked on creating a better life for his kids than he had, but there's still those patterns that fall into parenting. Mm -hmm. So I was terrified being a parent. I'm like, there are so many patterns here that I do not want to bring into my life, but it's natural because that's the way that you were raised. Mm-hmm. That Those are the demonstrations that you've had. Mm-hmm. And so it's so natural to fall into those. And so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it was just me working to recognize what those were mm-hmm. and when they were happening. Because mm-hmm. if they were happening and they would naturally all the time, I had to say, okay, no, this isn't <laughs> like, what I want. Yeah, we've got to yeah. we've got to redo. We've yeah. got to take this back. And being able to look at my son, too, at such a young age and and apologize for things that I had done, I think was so huge that's for me. So powerful. I think it I is. Think it's like something that's not talked about enough to acknowledge your behavior as a parent mm-hmm. and take accountability because that. Your kids don't listen to what you say. They are yeah. watching everything that you do. Yeah. Well, and they are. Yeah. And that's the thing. They they do. They watch everything that you do. And I think it's important for kids to know, especially with me being such a young parent, that I make mistakes. Because you do, you put your parents on this pedestal and you're like, my parents know everything and they are life, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone eventually gets to a period of time in their life where they're like, okay, Like my parents raised me and I love them and they taught me a lot of great things, but maybe I don't agree with all of the things that they did teach me or the behaviors or different things like that. Right. And so I think a big part of that for me has just been trying to be an aware mother who can tell my kids like, hey, I made a mistake and I'm sorry for making this mistake. And even though I'm your mom and I take care of you and I'm the person that you're learning from, like it's okay. To make mistakes like because so I'm human. still human. Yeah. Yeah, girl. <laughs> exactly. I'm still human. Like that's kids don't think of it that way, right? They're just like, oh, this is my parent. They're on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. And so to remind them, like, no, I'm still human and I'm gonna make mistakes is something that I really tried to do throughout being a parent. I love that. And I think that um also too, from the parent standpoint, like being more authoritative. Like there's moments where I'm when I can perceive my kids as teachers to me Mm -hmm. and not just like my kids, my property. Mm -hmm. I tell you what to do. This is how we're going to do it. And there's a time and place for you to be the parent Mm -hmm. and in a conscious way, guide them and give them feedback and set boundaries, you know. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest shifts for me was realizing, oh, my gosh, these little kids, these little babies like are teaching me so much. Like, oh, my goodness. And learning from them and not just saying like oh, like you're below me, just like they think you're above me, right? And right. of course, it's natural, I think, to when you are a baby, you're, you're new, you're a sponge, you're mm-hmm. new to everything. And so it's like, of course, they're going to just internalize it as is. But over time, they do start to have awareness, especially they as they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm, I don't know about that. Oh, they test your boundaries, they push you, you know, yeah. and instead of just being like, squish them like a bug, like an authoritative figure. Yeah, like, how I was raised, like, you just don't ask. I would always be like, why? Yep. But why? And they'd be like, <laughs> because I said so. It's not about that. No, it's not. And I feel like we've seen a huge shift in that, even with like 
our generation. I think you and I are about the same age. I'll be 29 this week. So yeah, (laughs) party birthday stuff. But it's funny. I I posted this reel the other day because my oldest son just turned 10. So I had him when I was 18. I was a week away from my 19th birthday. And I posted this reel because it's like, okay, he's 10 years old. I'm turning 29 this week. And we have literally grown up together. That's the reality of it. When you have kids that young, you're still growing into your brain and he's growing into his brain and the world is so new and fresh to him for the first time ever. But it's like, it's kind of new and fresh to me too, because this world of parenting is, it's a new world. And so we've like really literally grown up together. I think I always like to say, if I have taught him half as much as he has taught me, then I'm happy because I have learned so much from being his mom. Yeah. And he is just like a fantastic kid. He, uh, both of my boys are unbelievably so sweet, so kind. Oh, I'm going to cry. It makes me so emotional, but they are just, they are the most kind little souls. And I have learned so much from both of them. They're completely opposite personalities. (laughs) They could not be night and day more different. But it's fun to like, you know, see those bits and pieces of yourself within your kids. So I can see things within myself of my oldest son and I see things in myself of my youngest son and to just like recognize and appreciate those and be like, oh, this is kind of how I was when I was a little kid. And and I wish that someone had treated me this way. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I breaking wish in the cycle. Right? Yes. Breaking the cycle. Yes. When when you get to these points and. And you're just like, okay, I've seen videos of me (laughs) doing exactly what he's doing right now, right? And just being like crazy energy and remembering like they're kids, they're kids. And all they need is to be loved. And they need to know that they're supported and they're not like, you can't treat your kids like they're dumb, you know? They know more. Sometimes I'm like, (laughs) they know more than adults because we're so programmed right to just yes. be like in our programming mm-hmm. where kids are so open and curious and, and all of that mm-hmm. and so I love that you said that yeah that's amazing yeah let's kind of go back to finish the story okay yeah. so you have the kid yeah you feel like you lose yourself yeah in complete motherhood you basically accepted like yeah. this is all that I am yep like yep. and what happened from there? Yeah. Or so were you were you married? You married? Yes. Yeah, so guy? I married. Yep. I married um, the father of my children, and he was a really great guy. And he was one of those guys that was just like, "I'm going to do the right thing. I want to just take care of you and make sure that these kids are taken care of, right?" And I'm 18, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that sounds right. That's probably what I need, right? I probably just need to be taken care of right now." And I feel like, especially in this culture in Utah, mm-hmm. that's. That's the it's standard. like, why not? It's like, what else do you do? <laughs> but but like, that's been the standard, right. right? But I had ambitions. I had goals. I So funny enough, I actually, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And so I was working to get a communications degree. I had, you know, internships and things like that, that I wanted to go do so I could work my way into that field. I had goals and I had ambitions. And being so young, I kind of just let those go. And I said, okay, He's wanting to take care and support this family. And so my role now is just to be a mom. And so I did that. And I did that for five years. And I just totally lost myself. Like I had always been very active. I had always, you know, I had always danced. I found so much joy in dancing. I had always been really outgoing and really confident. And I just like, I lost myself. And I put on a whole bunch of weight. And 
I just, why do you think that is though? Like, why do you think? Because I I know that there's a time and place for you to really focus on mothering being like a priority, right? Yeah. But why do you think mo- mothers like lose themselves so easily? In yeah. That? Well, I think because that becomes your whole world, right? And and you forget that you're part of that world. And if you're not taking care of yourself or doing things that you love as well, all of your love goes to these little kids. And it's like, it's all consuming. You can't even see yourself outside of what you're doing. And that's- It gets like blurry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just totally what happened to me is like, I lost myself within this. And I remember looking in the mirror one day um, after I had had my second son. And even before I had him, I had lost so much confidence in myself and what I wanted and what I needed, right? And I remember just looking at myself in the mirror one day and just being like, who is this person? I am not recognizable physically. I'm not recognizable mentally. I'm not recognizable emotionally. And I just do not know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had to reinvent that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I had to reinvent it with things that I felt like I could control. And so one of the things that I felt like I actually had control over was my appearance or the way that I felt or the confidence that I had, because sometimes those all tie together, right? Right. And confidence in the way that you look in your appearance is so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So different for everybody. There's some people that I'm like, you're so confident. Yes. Not the the mainstream, like like standard of beauty. Yes. Or whatever. And I'm like, I love, I love that. And also too, like, I know that I feel so much better Mm -hmm. when I'm connected to my body and how I get my clothes and not that I expect myself to be a certain weight or anything, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, I can feel a difference Mm -hmm. when I'm in health my body in health. And I love that you say that because that's what it was for me too. Right. I had always been, I mean, I was a flyer. I was a collegiate flyer. And that's the people on cheer. the top. That's the people on the top. Yeah. Oh, I, I like, thought it'd be so fun <laughs> to do that. It when I was young, I always would be like, Oh, yeah. There. yeah, I mean, it was wild. So I had yeah. always been like really little. I'm five foot three. I'm very, very, very small. You know, I'm just a small person. And I let myself get to like 160 pounds in a very unhealthy way in a very unhealthy way where it was just like, I'm not even focusing on me like anymore. What, like junk food or yeah, what? like junk food. Like I'm just throwing whatever I can in my body just to like keep me going. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just so tired. I'm trying to take care of these kids. I'm trying to like find these little shreds of who I am within this. And it, it's just like, it's constantly going. If you have little kids, you know what it's like to just be constantly going it's and constantly always changing. watching over them. Yep. They and require when, a new version of you yes, every day. They do. It's <laughs> constantly changing. And then even as my kids got older, I was like, okay, you needed this and now you need this. And this is like, you do. You learn a new parenting style almost every single day and finding out what your kids need. And so I finally decided to take the time to do something for me, right? I was like, I don't feel like myself. I, I'm just not healthy right now. I don't feel good. I don't feel healthy. And so I got into lifting and I like I hired a coach and I was like, tell me what I need to put in my body because I am so low energy, tired. I don't feel good about myself and I don't want to feel this way anymore. And so she had given me, you know, a workout plan and a meal plan that I should follow. And and I did it and I did it religiously. And I was able to like lose a lot of weight. And it wasn't even necessarily about losing the weight. It was about the energy that I got. And, and like losing the weight was a byproduct of that. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And And this is by like you changing lifestyle habits and like what you put in your mouth. Yes. This is just about me changing like what I put in my mouth and like, am I going to find time for me to go be active for an hour today? Can I schedule that out? And and it was so many times of like we we had a little powerlifting gym that was up the street from our townhome. And so I'd throw my kids in the stroller and we'd go up to the powerlifting gym and they had like a TV sitting in a room and Kingston was just a baby. He was just my my youngest was just little little. My oldest was four, almost four at the time. And so I mean, they would sit and they would just watch movies, but it got to a point where I was like, if I don't take this me time for an hour a day, I'm not as good of a mom. I'm I'm not as good of a wife, right? I'm not as good of a person that I just need to be. I don't feel like a whole person. I feel like I let myself down. I let my kids down and I'm letting other people down around me mm-hmm. by not taking that hour. Mm-hmm. And so I made that a priority to just be like, no, this is your hour. And then it, and then it slowly turned in to other things as well. So mm-hmm. I would take that one hour for myself. Right. And then it became, OK, well, now you're really good at taking this hour. What else do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What else is important to you? I started taking dance classes again. Aww. So I'd go out. I would go to Millennium downtown here in Salt Lake and I would take dance classes again and I would go to the gym and I would just choreograph dance routines or I would dance around with my kids, you know, or teach tumbling classes or whatever it was like I I had to find that again. And so I ended up starting a cheer program and I kind of just like threw myself into this thing and and gave it all of the energy that I had while still simultaneously trying to be a good mom. But it made me such a better mom to remember that my only thing on this planet is not just to be a mom. That is a piece of what I do on this planet. Mm -hmm. And if I am not taking care of myself and I am not giving myself the things that I need, Mm -hmm. I'm hurting my kids and I'm, I'm hurting me as a mom. Mm -hmm. right? Right. So I think it's so important to remember that like motherhood does not define you. Motherhood is a piece of what you do, Mm -hmm. but you have to find those other pieces, those other things that you need to like make you a whole person. Mm -hmm. Was there any parts of you? I love that you said that. Were there any like parts of you that you didn't resonate with anymore as far as like hobbies or passions or interests that you were like had to be like, what what do I love now? Or like rediscover, Mm -hmm. um, not rediscover, because I guess I'm asking for myself because yeah. I'm like, yeah. there's so many things that I was like passionate about that I'm like, I just don't care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's like finding like, how does a mother, a new mom mm-hmm. that is on the path of like rediscovering herself as a mom, what are some things, some tips that you yeah. could give? Something that was really big for me was finding ways to still incorporate things that I loved from my past mm-hmm. in a small way. Okay. for my future. Mm-hmm. That was really, really huge for me. And then throughout that, I got to find things that I loved more. Like even just this past year, I, so I, I love being active. Right. Yeah. And I thought that that had to be dance and that had to be cheer for a really, really long time in my life. Cause like, that was your identity yeah. essentially. Yeah. Right. I'm like, that's the only way I know how to be active. That's all I've done since I was five years old. I started dancing. That's all I've done. 
right? That's how I've been active. But then it became like powerlifting. I got into powerlifting for a little while and it was something that, you know, my my husband at the time, my ex-husband now, but he was really big into powerlifting. And I was like, oh, this is something that like we can do together. This is something that you like to do that I like to do now. And so like, let's do it together. And this can just be this really cool, like powerhouse thing that we do. Right. And even recently it's become like skiing. I remember skiing as a little kid. And I just remember, I remember my dad being so impatient on the mountain and just like, I, you know, it, it's, it's it not ruins gonna, everything, it dude, it totally because you have it. to learn it. It's hard. <laughs> and it's so hard because it's like, he was so naturally athletic, right? And he's like, why do you not just get it? And I'm like, I don't know, because I dance and I like, I'm a ballerina. I don't know. I can't do this, yeah, right? This yeah. is scary for me. But um, even just this past year, I just got engaged in May. And this past year, um, my fiance, he moved back from Baltimore to Utah and he's like, I'm a ski bum. Like this is, I am here in Utah for the skiing. Wow. And so he's like, I would love for you to try it with me. You know, I don't know how you feel about it. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go ahead. And I just bought a season pass and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. We're going to figure it out. So I think that would honestly be my biggest piece of advice is Try something. Try new things. Just Get try uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. If it's scary, especially if it's scary, try it. Yeah. Especially if right. it's scary because right. it's like you may end up loving it. And I do. Like I love it now. And it's become this really awesome thing that like Aww. him and I have really connected and bonded over. And we've able and we've been able to like bond with my kids over it as well because they love it as well. And it's like it's just something I didn't know. Yeah. Right. I just written it off from my childhood. I'm like, no, if I'm not doing this, (laughs) it's so easy to just like box yourself up when you like don't know what you like as a new mom or you are rediscovering yourself and you feel like trapped or overwhelmed of like where to start. But I think that's such a great tip of just like choose something and try it. And you don't have to be perfect at it. And it's normal to suck. Like anything that you're new at, you're going to suck at it. Yeah. And that's the thing, like that, that's such a hard concept, I think, to grasp when you're a child, right? Because there's some children that are just very competitive. And even like my oldest son is like this. He's like, if I am not the best at this, the first time I try it, like he gets very frustrated over it. Right. Which I think is a very normal feeling. Right. And that's something that carries into adulthood as well, right. where you're like, well, if I'm not good at this after the first time I tried it, then you know, I'm probably not going to be good at it or I'm not going to enjoy it. But it's like, no, give everything like a real try. If you want to do it, give it a real try. And that's been something that's been so awesome for me and helping me like find who I am and what I like, because I am, I am not the same 18 year old girl that became a new mom as I am now. Right. 10 years ago. Yeah. Like a decade changes everything. So yeah. Wow. And I attribute a lot of that to just being like, just send it. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Send it. <laughs> you know? I so, love that. Yeah. It's so empowering because I think that it's so easy for people to get in comparison mode in social mm-hmm. media and be like, mm-hmm. oh, she has it all together. She looks so good, whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's like you do have it together in the, your own way, totally. but it's mainly because you put in the fucking work. Yes. You yeah. put in the intention, you put in the effort. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. Like if you're comparing yourself to anybody else on social mm-hmm. media and you're not doing shit, you're not 
challenging yourself or let's say that you don't even have the mental capacity yeah. to try something new then get help yeah. start like reading self-help things Seriously. go to therapy do something to yes. help yourself oh yes. maybe it's not going to the gym maybe it's not mm -hmm. like trying something new that's active or whatever because yep. you are at such a low place um i think that just like doing something for yourself could mean calling a friend could mean absolutely something so simple like that right because absolutely that's just like it's so easy for people to get trapped in these like postpartum depression, mm -hmm. these postpartum like labels, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think that it just happens. I have experienced like different emotions like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get lost in it totally. and sucked in in it and realizing like when the second you identify with it, you've given your power away. You have. You can identify in mm -hmm. it as as a way of not identify objective objectify it is mm -hmm. that what i mean like seeing yeah, yeah. it for what it is that you're experiencing but not letting yeah. you say this is who i am now yeah you recognizing know? it and being like this is a piece of something that i'm going through right now and honestly that's that's like been my whole life and how and how, how you moved through it and how i've moved through it and how i've had to stay positive right because there has just like the amount of things that I have gone through, I always like joke about it and it's not funny really, but like I always joke about I've experienced enough trauma in my lifetime to cover three lifetimes and I'm 29 years old. And but it's it's one of those things where it's just like if you let that define you, it does. It just eats you alive. If you're like if and you're you not become the victim it, of your own yes, story. Yes. That you that you are making yourself. I think that's the key. People don't realize that they're putting themselves in that story. Yes. No, absolutely. And I think it's okay too. Like I, I'll be honest, there have been so many times in my life where like I look at my life and I'm just like, why? Why me? Why am I the person that's in this place? Why has X, Y, Z happened to me and it's not happened to other people? Like, what is that? And then you start like, you start almost attacking yourself for it. And you're like, it's got to be a me problem. It's got to be something that's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's just like, sometimes things just happen. Shitty things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. And it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And you're working through it and you can't sit and stew over that and be like, yeah, this is just me now. Like, give yourself all time those shitty to things happen. Yes. I'm not saying like that yes. you shouldn't acknowledge what you went through. Like obviously mm -hmm. that's the biggest part and that creates the opening yes. to heal. Yes. But I'm talking about like people identifying with it, like saying yep. this is me, just like the postpartum, yes. you know, yep. part where it's like, this is just how my life is. This is just who I am. Yep. And you get caught up in your own sob story mm -hmm. and you get lost in that. You do. You do. You just you 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 perpetuate just sadness and like frustration and anger in your life, right? Because you're just like, oh, these are just the type of things that happen to me. And then you just attract those things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, take it and process it, but process it in a way where you're like, I am not going to let this define me. Mm -hmm. I am going to recognize that this is a thing that has happened to me. This is a piece of my life, but I don't have to be this piece. Mm -hmm. It can just be something that has shaped me into who I want to be mm -hmm. and what I want to be defined mm -hmm. by. And it builds and and seeing the strength that you built through that. Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people like trauma happens because the body can't process what's going on in that moment. And your body remembers that like it freezes basically mm -hmm. in your body. Right. And it so does. like realizing that it's not who you are mm -hmm. 
but seeing that there's still a silver lining if you can look for it like mm -hmm. there's still like there's things that I see think about like my upbringing what I went through and the different traumas that I experienced mm -hmm. and realizing like I'm so much stronger because of it. Oh, yeah. You realize like, wow, I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that I went through that younger. So now I can process and be better and see the strength in that. And like these fears that people struggle with on the yep. daily are like minuscule. Yep. And I'm grateful for that. Right. Because and it's not because I'm awesome or I'm better yeah. than them or anything. It's just making that choice. Like it you is. said, to choose to not let it define you mm -hmm. and move forward. Yep. Yep. Totally comes up on another subject yeah. that I wanted to touch on with you. I know that you have experienced um, kind of back in your childhood, like yeah. you experienced some crazy, not normal things, especially in Utah. Mm -hmm. Like what were some of those things that have yeah. shaped you and your who you choose to be today? Yeah. So I think a big one here in Utah is like it's always keeping up with the Joneses. And you and I had talked about this before, too, yeah. right? Where you didn't grow up in Utah. But once you came to Utah, you were like, oh, it's so just like keeping up with the Joneses. This yeah. is and that's kind of it. Right. So I I in my childhood, um, my dad had a really different upbringing, I think, from a lot of a lot of families that are in the very dominant religion that's here in our state. Right. And and I was raised the same way. I was raised within this religion. And there's there's certain there's I don't want to call it statuses, but there are. Is it like a culture thing, you think? It, yeah, it, it's kind of like a culture thing. Right. So there's there's certain ways, right, that this this specific religion expects you to live. And so you kind of pin yourself to those things where you're like, okay, this is who I am. And, and you let it define you, which I think is fine. And it works for some people, but a lot of people it doesn't work for. Right. And so we're like a part of this thing where we're keeping up with the Joneses and we're living in this like cute neighborhood. And we've got all these, like, there's all these cute little friends and everything running around, but like people did not know what was going on behind closed doors. People did not know the type of trauma that my dad had experienced as a child that, that, in that generation didn't really get to be talked about. Like you didn't get to work through that in therapy. You know, Ther therapy was looked at. It's like, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. It, it was like weakness, right? If you, if you had to go see a therapy, it was like weakness in that period of time. And so, and, and now that I'm looking back on it, you know, it, it was a lot of things that were really traumatic experiences for me and things like trauma that had happened to me because now that I'm older, I can see that it was trauma that he didn't ever get to work through. Mm -hmm. He had had like so it many came out mm -hmm. later. Yeah, he wasn't able to heal. From yes, it. my poor dad had had all of these traumatic experiences, and he's just like trying to figure out how to be a business owner and be part of this specific religion, right? And and keep up with the Joneses while he's just like struggling so hard inside from the trauma and things that he had experienced in his childhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And that did that, that spilled into my home and it spilled into some of the behaviors of my home. And so it's like, yeah, we lived in this cute little like cookie cutter neighborhood and we all went to church together on Sunday. And my dad, honestly, he grew a very successful business and it was like now that I'm like growing my own business, I'm like, OK, I can understand and appreciate 
the work and the effort and the time and stress that went into building that, right? Right. Um, but that's when those behaviors kind of start to come out, right? But you think it's because of the pressure that he felt pressure. to keep uh-huh. up with the Joneses and to have this like picture perfect yeah. family yeah. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's definitely part of it. I genuinely think like my dad is is one of the most hardworking men I have ever met in my life. And so I think that was definitely a piece of it. You know, he'd put in so much hard work and he built this amazing business. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like one of those things where he was like, well, I, I can do anything. You know, if I can come from this and I can build this and I can do anything. And so I think from him, it came from a place of being like, I know how to work hard and I know that I can do this. But then also like on the other side of it, it's of, you know, your wife and your kids and and everybody else looking from the outside in. It's very much like we're going to keep up with the Joneses. We're going to build this beautiful house in, in a new neighborhood that's like up a little bit higher on the bench. Right. And so we're living in like a nice neighborhood with lawyers and doctors and people like that. And that to me. I didn't at the time realize it, but now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was very much like keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. right? And that ultimately is what put the most amount of stress and pressure on my dad. And it 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 broke him. It mm-hmm. broke him. And unfortunately, like he's he's never been the same. But it was it was so much like keeping up with the Joneses. And then there was one specific um event that had happened that um was broadcasted on the news and I was 15 years old at the time about your dad about my dad yeah on the news and I remember waking up and watching the news before I went to cheer practice that morning and seeing his office space that he'd worked so hard to build on the news and and it was just like this devastating blow to my family like absolutely devastating for so many different reasons because it was like he was struggling and just did not know how to get help and that's heartbreaking to watch right Mm -hmm. but then it's also like the the criticism and everything that comes from judgment the judgment from like being a part of this culture and being like you know I can't say that people were like very accepting and loving and like let us help you how can we help you Mm -hmm. it was more so in the opposite way right where it was just like well he made his bed And so now you all need to lie in it. And so I think that that was that right there was a very defining moment for me in my life Mm -hmm. where I was like, I, I, I I will not judge people. I don't care what happens in their life. Every single person is trying to make it no matter what that takes, no matter what that entails, whether you agree with it or not, Mm -hmm. every single person is going through their own trauma. And some of it's insane right some of it's insane like waking up to seeing your dad's office building on the news and people now knowing what's going on behind closed doors in your home right Mm -hmm. or it can be something as small as like maybe they're just going through depression or anxiety and they don't know how to get help like every person is going through their own trauma and they're trying to work through it always right Right. nobody has and you never know you never know you never know. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's kind of the thing, right? Is it's like you you can live in this beautiful neighborhood and you can have the beautiful house and you can have all of these things. 
but you you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And so I think that that was something that really defined my life in a way where I was like, I want to be authentic. And then what ended up happening was I kind of fell into that same thing where it was like keeping up with the Joneses, right? When I turned 18, it was like, I want the house. I want the husband. I want the kids. And it's like, that's not what creates happiness. Mm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And and I had to learn that, you know, through being married and experiencing that and looking at myself in the mirror one day and saying, I don't know who you are and becoming who I thought I wanted to be and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I still don't know who I am. So I've wow. got to figure this out. You know, I've got to figure out what's important to me. What do I want? What do I want to contribute? And what do I want my life to look like? Oh, that's so powerful because you're like through that experience, you realize though still that you decide that you yeah. decide and make can make those decisions. Yes. And that's what I feel like is so um, hard when I see women that are struggling in relationships or unhappy or whatever. They don't they a lot of the times the story is this is just how my life. Mm-hmm. This is just how I am. Mm-hmm. This is just me. And like, OK, if that's what you want it to be, then that is mm-hmm. right. But ultimately you have the power to change it. So you, you ended up leaving that marriage, right? Yeah, I did. I, I ended How did up, you get the confidence to do that? I think it was just like, I, I looked at all these different things, right? I was like, okay, well, I have my confidence back from an appearance standpoint or from a health standpoint, I feel a lot more healthy than I ever have. And so I got that confidence back and I looked at my ex-husband and I'm like, he's a really great guy and he's a really great dad. Like there shouldn't be anything wrong with the situation here. Mm -hmm. And we live in a beautiful house in a neighborhood that I like. That's, you know, close to where I'm kind of working and close to where my friends are. And I'm still just so incredibly unhappy. I just, I felt like I needed a change. And so him and I talked about it and it really was just like one of the most quick decisions I've ever made in my life. And probably he's ever made in his life as well. But we just looked at each other and we were like, this isn't working. And I think we, you know, we need to part ways. And, and of course there's like sadness and there's anger and there's all of these things that surround it. But for the most part, it was very mutual him and I being like, this is not working. We are not happy, but we both love our kids more than anything in the world. Mm -hmm. So let's make this very amicable. Let's make this a very seamless transition for our kids. And and we did like we we were able to do that and we were able to work together in that way. And that's not to say that there hasn't been like hiccups and ups and down and in our co-parenting relationship is just perfect. Like, no, (laughs) no, that's not the case. But But I had to walk away from that and find myself because I had just let myself be taken care of by him for years. And I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. Someone who was once so incredibly ambitious and like going from leaving a home too, where I was like trying to leave past trauma and figure out how to work through that at 18 years old and then becoming a mom instantly. It was just like, I didn't like give you the space to figure out who never, you are. Never. I never, yeah. ever had the space to figure out who I was or what I wanted. And, and I just wanted to be a person that I felt like I wanted to be self-sufficient. I wanted to be somebody that I could rely on myself. And I realized that within that marriage, I was not that person. I couldn't even count on myself. I couldn't rely on myself. I didn't know what I needed to do 
to like <laughs> be a person that I trusted and that I had confidence in. Wow. So he did. Yeah. That self-trust. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is like at the root of most everything. Yes. So how do you yeah. build, how did you build that trust with yourself? Like it started with your body and then that that went into leaving a relationship that yeah. no longer served you. And I think that was kind of it, right? As I had just tied myself to all of these different things. I had tied myself to all of these things that had defined me, that I had let define me, like motherhood and being a wife and, um, you know, just kind of pigeon pigeonholing myself into this box. And I realized that, like, I wasn't a person that I, I trusted myself to take care of. And so I had to break away, unfortunately, from all of those things. Like I felt like I was not in an environment or in a place where I could learn to trust myself and learn to be like that provider from me. And I had to break away from it. And, mm -hmm. and, and I've had to do that multiple times throughout my life too, right? Your environment affects you in so many ways. Yes. Like people don't realize the power of changing your environment to like help you or also to recognize where your environment's hindering you. Oh, 100%. So many things like, yes. and you don't even realize it sometimes until you're out of it. Yes. Like I, I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. I think that like some people don't like, how do you recognize that you need to change your environment? Yeah. And I think for me, it started with the fact that I had made all these changes in my life. Mm -hmm. And I still wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, it's not the things within this life that we've created that are hindering me. It's just this life. It's this wow. relationship. It's this, this life that we've built that is hindering me and not allowing me the growth that I want or that I need personally mm -hmm. because that's who I am. And those are things that are important to me. And so, you know, and I had been in relationships after I got divorced, I've been divorced five years now. And so there have been many other relationships that I've like, I've looked at and I've been in them and, and you're right. It's one of those things where you're like, you're in it and you almost don't realize how much it was hindering you until you're out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I've always just tried to go off of a personal guide of like, how happy are you? How happy are you? How kind are you to the people around you? How much patience do you have for yourself? And if all of those are incredibly minimized, then you're probably not in the right place. You're not oh, in the right environment yeah. and you're not around the right people. Mm -hmm. So it, it's one of those it's one of those things where you really do just have to like look inward and be like, okay, where do I actually stand as a human being right now? And be honest with yourself. And be honest. Because that's, that's the hardest scary. part. That's the hardest part is being, being honest with yourself, right? Is you're like, okay, this, this, and this is something that I don't like that's happening right now. But I think I can put up with it because of like X, Y, Z reasons, right? But that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's like, you've got to make sure that you're creating a space for yourself where you can really feel those things and be open and honest with yourself and, yeah. and write down the pros and cons, right? Of the situations that you're in. And if cons are outweighing pros, then you've either got to like change what you're doing or you got to change your environment. Mm -hmm. And so I've gone through that a lot mm -hmm. and I've lost a lot of friends through doing that. And I've lost a lot of people in my life mm -hmm. through doing that, but I've always just stayed true 
to what I believe and what my values are deep down and being honest with myself in that. Mm -hmm. And when certain situations and things had happened throughout, you know, some of these relationships and things and, and friendships and stuff that I had been in, it's like, that's not you as a person. Why did you do that? Yeah. Why are you people pleasing? Why are you accepting things that aren't aligned with your values? Like you said, which I think is so key. Like yep. defining your values. Like yep. how did you how did you define your values? Yeah. Cause it's so easy to like when when we're taught to externally outsource our worth and mm-hmm. our competence and our value in other mm-hmm. people or in our environment or whatever. Um, it's hard sometimes to take a step back and be like, what do I actually want to believe yeah. or live by? Yeah. So I think you define those values by what makes you happy, right? And I think being a positive person and being a kind person, that never makes you feel unhappy. That never, ever makes you feel unhappy. And so that was something that I thought, and working hard as well. I mean, those are all kind of just three of my really strong values is work hard, be kind, and be a positive person. Mm -hmm. And um. You look at those and you're like, okay, this, when I do these things, when I have these values and I'm implementing them into my life, I'm not unhappy. And then you look at other things that you're doing and you're like, okay, this is something that doesn't make me very happy. Right. If you're like, for instance, like talking bad about people, when has talking bad about people ever made anyone feel better about themselves? Right. Like never, right? And that's literally some people's life. Like all they do is Absolutely. sit and talk shit on people around them. Oh my god! Even their best friends. I mean, there's like, I've worked in the beauty industry for years and years. And <laughs> yeah. I do people's like lashes. They're literally best friends. And they're coming in gossiping about each, each other. other. And I'm over here like, hey, okay, like, what do you love about them? You're great friends with them. Or yeah. like people coming in just talking shit on their husband. Like, I get you got a vent. I get that totally things happening. Yeah. And there's a time and space and place for it and I think that you know you can hold space for that in that moment as a friend or a partner or like um you know confidant but at the end of the day like if that's all that you're doing you're not gonna feel happy oh absolutely well and I think the other side of that is too is like you will hear things about you I oh my gosh I cannot tell you the amount of things that I have heard that people have said about me or rumors that have been started about me or you know, just like the type of people or the type of person that people have pinned me to be because of things that other people have said. Their own right? insecurities yes, or their judgments. their own insecurities or judgments. Yeah, or lack exactly. of like actually getting to know you or yes. asking you directly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so like I've found myself in holes every once in a while where I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, is this who I am? Like people are saying that they, that like I'm hearing all of these things of like people are thinking that I'm this type of person. And at the end of the day, I'm like, no, my values are my values. I'm a kind person. I'm a positive person. I work hard. I love my kids. I love very deeply. And, and one of, I think my biggest things has been like, I'm, I'm a very open people or a very open person. Mm-hmm. And I let people in very easily. And mm-hmm. that's something that has been really amazing for me because I feel like I do get to make a lot of really great connections. But then it's on the flip side, it's very yeah, hard because then, you, la- one, then you let people in that you're like, you're a garbage human and I just yeah. let you into my life. You know? And it's not until that you feel betrayed by them or yeah. like you realize that they're actually talking shit on you or judging you behind your back that you're like, 
fuck? You're like, okay. I didn't even know. Like most of the time, it's like I didn't even know we had a problem. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't even know we had a problem. I didn't even know that this was coming from you until like two years down the road. It's like, oh yeah, she doesn't like you. She talks bad about you all the time. I'm like, <laughs> dang. Okay, well, I was just trying to be like nice and be supportive and like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, because that's who I am. Because I'm like, I would want people to do that to me. That I happens want- so much it though does. with women. Why do you think? Like, why do you think? It like women just get lost in the sauce with the drama. Oh, they do. Women get lost in the sauce, especially in Utah. Like I hate to say, and maybe it's like this outside. I think it's everywhere, but there is something too about, I think the keeping up with the Joneses part of the culture of comparison and competition. Yes. Like that. I don't know. Well, and I think here in Utah, especially girls don't leave their hometown. Like girls here. They don't leave their hometown. They don't go to school elsewhere. They don't. They they end up living in the exact same place that they were born and raised. And I can say this because I'm one of them. I'm here, right? Wow. I'm here like living in the same place that I was born and raised when I had no intention of doing that. And of course, like kids change everything. But it's like a lot of women here in Utah really don't. They don't leave their hometown hometowns. They have the same friends with the same ideas and everything that they've had their entire lives. They've gone to elementary, junior high and so high they school together. So else better to talk about. Yeah. So it's just like you just talk. So yeah, you just talk about like <laughs> what happened with this person, what happened with this person. And like you hear it all the time. And I think like this is one of my reasons. Like I've had a really hard time finding friends and like finding friends that stick around. And I think that's a big part of it because environment dude don't environment (laughs) environment like i just don't like doing that that doesn't make me feel better when i'm friends with people like that right and i get it like there's venting and there's talking to your friends and and everybody needs that space and they need those people that they can do that with but when it's just like a constant over and over and over like daily i know if i have a conversation with you you're gonna talk about somebody else like get away from that environment you know but sometimes it's lonely. It's like, it's so for lonely. me too, I'm like, <laughs> I have a lot of people in my life that I love and I'm connected to. Um, but I'm, as far as like relatability and like the depth, like yeah. I have a small circle and uh-huh. there's moments where it's like, it'd be so fun to just like be light and just whatever, meet people and be social. And yeah. then I'm like over here, like, tell me your childhood trauma. Yeah. You dealt with it. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but honestly, I'd rather talk about that than talk about shit about other people. Dude, and, seriously. And I think that that's something that it's like the only way that it's going to change is if every person takes accountability to yes. start to grow themselves. Yes. Because when you're focused on and b- becoming conscious of like how like how you show up what's going on in your inner workings mm-hmm. why you feel like you need to focus on everything outside of yourself and not actually within like right. that's you know like when you're focused on that you don't have time to be like the gossip yeah. drama of everybody's life that literally is just spreading negativity mm-hmm. And like when you have to be conscious about what you put on and in your body and like being aware of um you know these other roles in your life that are important to you and prioritizes like prioritizing that in your business and so, like starting something new or like getting out of your comfort zone. You don't have time for the gossip no. and drama. No. So in my opinion, I think that when it comes to women and that whole topic, like mm-hmm. you're maybe not working on yourself enough 
And then if people were actually took the time to do that, mm -hmm. this world would be a completely different place. Yeah. The state of yeah. Utah would be a completely, completely different. different place. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's the thing, right? Is I, I have been a really open person, which again, like I said, has been a very fortunate thing and a very unfortunate thing in my life where I'm just like, I just want to be loving and accepting and like open up to me and talk to me about your things. And I've made amazing connections that way. I've been able to find a lot of people where I'm just like, you're a freaking dope person. Like yeah. you're just such a cool person. And your energy is the type of energy that I want to be around. Yeah. But then also, you know, people unfortunately take that and they exploit that about you. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, she's weak. She's she's sad. Too she's nine. overcoming trauma. She's yeah. too nice. Yeah. So like I can take advantage of that and and it has. It's happened. Like I've had countless people take advantage of me because I am just so open and I'm like, oh, I'm just workable. I just want to like, you know, be okay. And so I think I think that's another thing that's that's very important and very huge is it's like it's okay to be an open person. I think there's a time and place to be open and to let people into your lives, but also setting very clear boundaries for yourself and knowing what those boundaries are mm -hmm. before you dive into this relationship. Because mm. this is like something like I didn't set clear boundaries for myself in a relationship. And now like four years later, I'm still dealing with repercussions of that because I didn't set clear boundaries and I just wanted to be workable and I wanted to be nice and I wanted to be like okay, yeah, no, that's okay. You know, let's just keep the peace for everybody. And now I'm like still dealing with that. And it's a lot harder to set those boundaries later now. Right. Yeah. Now it's like, we've got to switch everything up right. for me to be able to set these boundaries and not feel like I'm being completely taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's been this way. And now everyone has to retrain their brain. And I have to be the person that's like, no, I've set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And now you have to cater to my boundaries. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to continue to cater to what you want and what you like and what you need. Now, even though I've done that in the past, now you have to cater to my boundaries and you have to respect my boundaries mm -hmm. and not cross lines. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of the whole journey is like being kind to yourself when you realize that, oh shit, maybe I should have set boundaries. You mm -hmm. know, there's been so many moments where I'm like, can't believe I let myself do that and I'm beating myself mm -hmm. up. And it's like, you can't change the past. Yeah. So like set the boundaries, hold the line and let them think that you're an a-hole. Let them think that you're a B now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, just keep doing what you know feels good to you. Exactly. You and know? yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I, I think it is just very much about like, keep your values, know your values and assign your values, right? Mm -hmm. Define yourself as this is who I am. I am these values. But don't be afraid to be like, because I have these values, I also have boundaries. Mm -hmm. I have boundaries outside of these values. Because when you lose those boundaries, or when you lose those values, the boundaries break down. Oh, yeah. That's what happens, that's right? money. Like, you got to TM that. <laughs> Straight, <laughs> Straight bar. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. But yeah, and I, I genuinely feel that way because I've seen it and I've experienced it in my life, right? Mm -hmm. When I lose my values, when I'm in an environment where my values are not being upheld or they're not being... I don't want to say matched because everybody has their own set of values, yeah. but respected. they're not... Respected. Respected. And they're not being uplifted by the people that I'm around because they, they're just not at that same level with those same values, right? And then your boundaries break down and you're like, 
why did I do that? I would have never done that yeah. in a million years. Mm -hmm. But like, I did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's because I had lost my values, right? Mm -hmm. And I had, I had lost my values through my environment and who I was surrounding myself with. Right. So where can our um, listeners find you? Yes. On the social? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm a Shalise underscore Gallagher on Instagram. How do you spell that? It's S-H-A-L-E-S-E -E underscore G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. And so that's Instagram. Um, TikTok, same thing. I'm Shalise Gallagher just all together. <laughs> you can find me there. And so I do financial planning and then I do um, cheer and dance choreography on the side as well because it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, I can set it on my own time now and I get to do it. So um, yeah, I do a lot of different things, um, a lot of financial planning. I've got a lot of really great insight that um, I'm just like starting to start sharing on my page as well that you know people just don't think about with financial planning um and things like that so yeah follow me on instagram follow me on tiktok reach out wherever there. you want to yeah reach yeah. out to me reach out to me i love talking to people i love making new friends like i love it um is there um, one last message that you want to leave our listeners with um god i think the overall takeaway is just you know make sure that you know what your values are Make sure that you are not losing yourself and you're sticking to those values. If you don't feel like those values are aligned in your life, you're probably losing yourself and you're lacking something. And don't be afraid to do things for yourself. Just do things for yourself. It's okay. Everybody needs it. So it's okay to look stupid. <laughs> it's okay, And it's okay to look stupid. Yep. It's okay to try new things and look stupid as long as you're having fun doing it and you're enjoying it. Right? Oh, yeah. Life is about enjoyment. It is. Yeah. Be happy. Yes. All right. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share the show. We're so excited to spread the word if this message resonated with you or maybe it didn't still share because natural baddies is about to blow up let's go